and pick up your prescriptions when it's convenient for you. Happy Tuesday. It's the morning sports desk on KWAD. And we have Corey joining us. For the final time, CJ, the morning sports desk is brought to us by Hugo's Family Marketplace and Basketball Mayhem. Of course, we had a million dollars on the line for this year's bracket challenge. Did, any, did anybody get there? Nobody got there. We ah. did a, bra- a perfect bracket. Was anybody close? To a million dollars. I don't believe anybody was really that close, but others were better than some. In the VIP group, Dan Terhar, the winner by a vast margin. The, uh, the college football genius. 116 points for Dan. College basketball teams. Probably football too. Probably. What can, we can't deny that guy's intelligence. Exactly. CJ finished second with 67. I finished dead last in the VIP group of 50 points. I had to be close to the bottom just in general. I mean, I wasn't too far behind. The listeners know a lot more about college basketball than we do, apparently. I mean, except for Dan. Dan is the overall winner. You know, the overall winner, he scored more points than anybody in the entire group. And we had like near like somewhere in the vicinity of 100 entries, give or take probably 25. We had a lot of people submit entries. It's pretty cool. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist here, but does was Dan pulling some strings for himself here? Yeah, I think he's I think he's a huge cheater. Yeah. Was he making some last-minute edits? Is he able to go in and edit his bracket? Yeah. Give himself a few extra points here and there? Probably. Now that you mention that, that does sound right. So, you know, I don't... Conspiracy theorist, I'm... like I had a college professor all the time. He said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't know where people get that. But then he would proceed to shout a bunch of conspiracy theories. Let's run through the top ten leaderboard, or actually what is now considered the top nine leaderboard. Because even though Dan is the overall winner, he doesn't actually get to win $250 from Hugo's Family Marketplace. So, our leaderboard looks entirely different, by the way, than it did one day ago after Kansas's win. Brock Chalk Jayhawk. Brandy Anderson makes uh, cracks the leaderboard with 95 points. Mike Lake and Jeremy Meyer finished with 103 points. Kirk Folkstead at 105 Dan Martin, 106. Aaron Klimek, 109. Mike Bauk, 111. Jeff Redning, 112. And the winner of 250 bucks, Dewey Keppers with 114 points. Congratulations, Dewey. Just awesome, awesome stuff. He'd been lingering this entire time. And honestly, that's all you have to do. Stick as, as any team will, t- I mean, it's a journey. It's a it's a grind. It is uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's what a lot of teams will tell you when they actually play in the tournament. You just have to kind of keep hanging around and strike at the last minute. And that's what he was able to do. Dewey Keppers, I can't tell you that this is your one shining moment because it's probably copyrighted. I thought about playing that, but this is your top uh, opportunity to glow. This is your glow up. This You're- is your glow up, Dewey. Way to go. Corey, can you explain to the folks at home what a glow-up is? I think I just did. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, let's take eight. Um, that was awesome. That's really fun. I've done a bracket challenge since I have. To- I think I told the story before. Like I remember the Mankato Free Press would come out with the bracket like that Monday of the tournament starting. Or yeah, I suppose it would be because the selection show is the Sunday night, and uh, I'd be- I'd sit at the table before school eating my frosted flakes. And I'd wait for my dad to finish reading the sports section. And then I would take it and I would cut out the bracket. It was, they had a huge, like, like full-page printout of the bracket. And I would fill it. I mean, for as old as, for from as young as I can remember. And I'd fill it out and I'd magnet it to the refrigerator. And I just loved it. It was the best. And then as you, you know, of course, you get older, you just like... Who's the teacher who's going to turn the games on? Mm-hmm. Who's the teacher who's just going to like be cool for the next two days? That Thursday and Friday, you know? It was yeah. awesome. It's an independent work day. Now, I'm going to sit here and watch these games, but I'm going to put it up on the big screen. Yeah, like independent work day, you like you know who what teachers it are, they are because then when it gets to your study hall, like I'm going to head over to Reworts' room. or You know what I mean? There's just always a few who have the games on whenever they can and... I just love it. I just love it. I'm sad it's over. Yeah, tournament time is really fun. And I think out of March is crazy uh, for the basketball tournament. It's so crazy that we had a 15 seed go on a Cinderella story that ended like a week and a half ago. And everybody's forgotten about St. Peter's now because of how crazy the Final Four was. Like, And that's usually how the tournaments go. Usually once a, once a Cinderella team is out, they quickly fade back into obscurity. Yes. But, I, heck, St. Peter's coach isn't even there anymore. He went to Seton Hall. He accepted a job to another school before the tournament was even over. What a way to go out. I know. You know you'd have His some, alma mater, by the way. Seton Hall, yeah. I mean, there could be some people who could say, man, you just had this great run. Why don't you come back? Why don't you keep it going, see what you can? No, go out on top. You're a legend at that school. You'll get put in some Hall of Fame like 20 years from now for that. St. Peter's enrollment is going to go up like 20% next year because of that. What, are you going to go to Rutgers? <laughs> Gross. Yeah, they can't. They Well, they made the tournament, but they're not even the best basketball school in New Jersey. Exactly. Um, let's transition. Okay. Let's transition. Congratulations, Dewey, by the way. Let's play it out. Hold on. All right. Oh, I like the little... You know, brink right at the very end there. That was very nice. Very, very, very nice. timed. I definitely timed that out. It's Tuesday. Yes. It's Twins Tuesday. It is. The Twins home opener is two to three days away. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you got to hedge your bets already. Um, in all likelihood, I mean, we, we talked about it yesterday. It's in play, obviously, again today that they, uh, may move back the home opener from Thursday to Friday. They build that into the schedule anyway, um, so I guess we'll just wait and see. But as we did last week on Twins Tuesday, I wanted to focus on numbers again. Okay. Twins numbers throughout history. You're a real numbers guy. I just, I love, I think jersey numbers are very important. I, I don't know how you feel, but like I see a guy who's got it, like there's just something about like the number they're wearing. Well, I it's mean, like I, this is either, it's not that I don't trust the guy, uh, 
it's that, or the athlete, it's that I just don't trust how that it's going to work out. That's a bad number choice or a good number choice. You uh, you see in spring training that uh, when a guy walks in, he's a number 92, don't trust him. He's not making the team. You can't trust that. But there are other numbers, too, like I don't trust quarterbacks who wear number two. Interesting. I don't know what else to tell you. It's not a good number. It's not a good quarterback number. I there, I have I have no like real breakdown as to why I think that, but I do. I think Matt Ryan wears number two. He had a decent career. So there's evidence that I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but let's take a look at it. Can you name the last player to wear number three in Minnesota Twins history? Well, that's got to be Harmon Killebrew. Yeah, the the most recent player to wear number three is Harmon Killebrew. Uh, yeah, there weren't too many people like, all right, I'm ready to take number three right after he left. 21 players have worn number three in Twins history, including my favorite uh, name on this entire list. From 1931 to 1935, Heine Manish. Heine. Or number three. I think you have to say all those old school names in an old timey baseball broadcaster voice. Go ahead. What's his name again? Heine Manish. It's a great day to come out to the old ballpark. Heine Manish going to be uh, getting a root and tootin' home run for those Washington Senators. <laughs> yeah, that's something like that, yeah. Very good. Let's move to the number four. Can you name the most recent twin to wear the number four? Does Carlos Correa count? Uh, not No, it doesn't. It doesn't count on this list, but I forgot about him. Uh, because he's, he's it. Paul, does Paul Molitor count because he's a manager? Paul Molitor, well, he also was played he? with the number four. I didn't know if there was anybody in between there. Uh, there have been. There, As a matter of fact, here's how few people have worn number four. Paul Molitor is, if you don't count Correa, the third most recent twin to wear it. And that counts as playing days. That is his playing days. Okay. This is not a look at managers at all. Okay. So Paul Molitor's third on the list here, 96 to 98. In 2004, it was worn by Augie Ojeda. Augie Ojeda. That's another old time. It's Augie Ojeda coming to the old ballpark. Great name. But the most recent in 2020, Ildemaro Vargas. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. That's a good one. There's some there's some great names throughout history who have worn number four. He had a, Vargas had a great three week run in Minnesota. Yes, he did. That's exactly right. Um Bob Allison wore it, of course, sixty one to seventy. Uh Steve Lombardozzi wore it eighty five to eighty eight. Here's a great name. Uh Faye Throneberry wore it in nineteen fifty seven. Just an awesome name. Uh, 36 players have worn number four in history. Okay. 26 players have worn the number five in Twins history. Who's the most recent? Okay, so managers don't count, but Rocco Baldelli is number five. Uh, even though he never wears a jersey, they just wear a pullover. They just wear, he just even wears a sweatshirt. Uh, Eduardo Escobar. That's exactly right. And then Michael Kadire before that. That's exactly right. I dare you to name the one before that. Yeah, I, I, I'll be real with the chief. I ain't getting that one. Never even heard of the guy. His name is Brent Gates. Does he know Bill? I think probably, yeah. Okay. Um, One of my all-time favorite twins, Pedro Munoz. Of course, Roy Smalley wore number five. Mm-hmm. And let's see here. I'm just running through any good names. Any Roy Smalley names. is another good baseball name. It is a great baseball name. Oh, here's a fun one. 
Joe Judge wore number five in 1931. Okay. And then in 1932, he wore number six. He is one of 31 players to ever wear the number six in Twins history. So, can you name the most current twin to wear number six? Tony Oliva. Tony Oliva. Uh, that number obviously retired now in Twins history. Albie Pearson. That's a fun old school uh, uh, baseball name. Maybe the best on the list, though. In 1945, Walt Chipple. Old-time baseball names are great. They're hilarious. They're hilarious. Like, come on, dude. It's a time capsule. And that's a look at our little Twins history. Joe Ryan, of course, will start uh, opening day, be it Thursday or Friday, for the Twins. The rookie, the first to do it since 1968, 69? Yeah. 69, I think. Something like that. Tom Hall, whoever that is. All I know of Tom T. Hall, the classic country music singer. Yeah. Maybe it's the same guy. Maybe. It would be a pretty great run. That's all I have for Twins Tuesday. Do you have anything? Uh, how do you feel about that game getting pushed back? Because here's my one. I know we don't have a ton of time, but I want, I want to finish with this. Why does Major League Baseball insist on scheduling the Twins have home games in early April? Give the Twins a two-week road trip to start the season and make them go to the West Coast and make them go to the South. Don't. Don't start the season at Target Field on April seventh, uh, and especially don't do it against the Seattle Mariners. Go play that series in Seattle. I, I mean, you remember how the season started, right? With like a lockout. Yeah. The owners aren't making great decisions here. <laughs> Are, this, this this commissioner has not been like knocking it out of the park, you know. Well, you know, the commissioner is essentially just a mouthpiece for the owners. I agree with all of your points. I'm just saying we shouldn't be surprised by any of this either. That's <laughs> disappointed but not surprised. That's exactly. just our mood with... I'm not ma- mad, I'm just disappointed. That's our mood with the entire organization of Major League Baseball. Go Twins, go. Go Twins, though. All right, that was Corey. He'll come and read your sports in just a little bit. This has been the Morning Sports Desk on KWAD on this Tuesday. It is the 5th of April. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.